Well, hello and welcome to this week's edition of Called, Connected and Committed. I am delighted to welcome psychologist, author and director of the Mind and Soul Foundation, Dr. Kate Middleton, uh, to the podcast this week. Kate, welcome. Um, Thanks, Andy. Great to be with you. Really pleased to uh, have you join us uh, to talk about, uh, you know, just this whole area of well-being for us as leaders, for ourselves, for our teams, uh, for our students. And we are thrilled that you're going to give us the magic answer, uh, you know, to see us through the next, you know, the, ne- the, ne- the next few months. So we're, we're delighted to welcome you uh, there. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a really, uh, you know, when you look over, over the last sort of 12 months, a really challenging season for every sector. Um, but it, across the education sector, I mean, so many changes and um, uh, unexpected changes and, uh, you know, new ways of thinking. And so I'm really, you know, some people are very energized by some of that, but generally pretty stressful time to say the least. What are some of your you know, reflections on that as a, you know, an expert in this area and, and what people might be able to do to kind of look after themselves and also their, their teams? Yeah, I think, I mean, as you say, this season has been stressful and difficult almost universally. And and in a lot of ways, that's what makes it so unusual, the way that it has impacted almost everyone in a way that's challenging. And for me as a psychologist, that 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 is in a strange way, a kind of fascinating space to be in because suddenly everybody's speaking my language. They're recognizing just how important emotional and mental health and well-being is. And I think for many people who've never struggled with anything before and perhaps had quite an us and them perspective on those things you know mental illness mental health emotional challenges and stuff that happens to those other people over there and it will never happen to me people who used to think like that are now having to recognize the uncomfortable reality that actually this is a continuum it's a line and we can all be pushed up and down it and this is a season that has put pressure on everyone's emotional and mental health but particularly, so, so now we're, as we're recording this, we're what, like 10, 11 months in. Um, I hope people listening to it in sort of six to eight months will be in the happy, wonderful post-COVID era, but who knows. Um, but already it's been a long time, hasn't it? And um, so I think for everyone that's been a challenge, but I am hearing right now certain professions, certain sectors, certain groups of people who are perhaps struggling more. Some of those are obvious NHS frontline we hear a lot about teachers would be another really significant group of people there who I, I, I think are not spoken about as much as they should be and particularly the senior leadership teams in schools and, and I think it's a combination of probably three things it is just how long this season has been but particularly for schools and the school sector like you say it's been relentless um, just every, every time you guys think you're going to have a holiday it feels like something changes the, the timing has been quite cruel and brutal in those things and there have been several moments where people are thinking finally I'm going to get a break August would be one key thing Christmas would be another Um, and actually something really significant happens and many senior leadership in particular have been having to to work out their response and reaction to that stuff so the changes would be another thing there have been so many so many changes sometimes unexpected sometimes quite short term but thirdly and perhaps 
perhaps most importantly, it's just responsibility, isn't it? You know, ultimately, most people went into teaching and schools work because they they love kids and young people and, and they care about yeah. them. They care about their staff. They care about their teams and their community and their families. And, and so in a season where people have been quite often negatively affected by this, I, I think schools and school leaders and teachers are seeing perhaps more than anyone the impact on the ground. And that's really tough. And, and holding the emotions of so many people, so many families. Um, and, and yeah, it takes its toll. Yeah. And um, I mean, I guess for, like, like you say, for many yeah, for many, many leaders, they, they may actually, we may actually have found ourselves in um, spaces in terms of our own mental health and well-being that we have literally never, not even just never experienced, but, it, but never even countenanced experiencing b- b- before. Yeah. And, um, you know. Uh, and that's always been the case. I mean, I've, I've, I do a lot of work around stress and burnout mm. and, and almost every conversation I have with people who've hit those things, one of the first things they say is I never thought it would happen to me. I have never had a conversation with a head teacher or a senior business leader or a church leader who says, yeah, I always thought this might happen to me. Right. It's just, it's just not the way that we work. I guess so, yeah. We never, we keep pushing the limits. We just keep going and with, with a sort of vague hope that, that, that we'll be able to keep going. But actually, we are all human. We do all have limits. Mm. And, and this season is pushing people uncomfortably close to them and, and continuing to push them. Yeah, no, that's, re- that's a really wise perspective. I mean, what, what kind of, in, in the knowledge that we kind of don't really know with much certainty what the next months mm-hmm. hold, and even if we think we do, we probably don't. Um, what what kind of practical things can can we be doing in our leadership to kind of like sort of build good foundations and and, and kind of set up structures wisely? On, on, you know, on, on the expectation that there is probably still more complication to come. You know, it's almost certain, isn't it? You know, what 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 kind of practical mm-hmm. things can can we be doing to kind of shore that up in the for the for the medium term yeah and i i think the answer to this one thing that's key is 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 understanding a little bit of the difference between a sort of acute a crisis a short-term crisis and and something that is longer term like this so i think when we all went into the first lockdown way back in march most people, I mean, it was such a shock. Most, most of us didn't see it coming. We, we headed into it with that sort of short-term crisis mentality. And, and short-term crisis management is very much about head down, suppress your emotions, get on with the challenges, deal with everything you've got to deal with. In terms of your emotional reaction, it's very much a sort of just deal with it now and you can react later. You can sleep later, you can process later. So, so you're not really thinking about actually some of those really important things for you as a human being as a thinking emotional relational person 10 months in if you're still approaching this season in that same way you're you're going to hit problems and I think what we're hearing now is a lot of people who are very very exhausted because doing that 
longer than in a short-term crisis. I mean, even in a short-term crisis, it takes a lot of effort and energy, you know, actively trying not to feel and not to think because you just need to get on with it is quite hard work. And, it, and it's counter the, the way that your human brain is designed to work. You know, em, emotions are designed to grab your attention when there is something going on that is important. And that, that could be because you need to do something about it, like remember to send that email or, you know, turn off the cooker or whatever it is. Or it could be because there's something important to process. Like, what does this mean um, for me, for my family, for my future, for my friendships? And I think some of those big, I guess you might call them existential questions, are, are things that are rumbling around at the back of most of our minds, particularly as, as adults, children and young people have, have less of those challenges to deal with because everything's still up for grabs when you're a child or a young person, you haven't come to conclusions about those things anyway yet. Yeah, but for right. us, we've been living, you know, three, four, five, six decades with some assumptions about the way the world works and, and how we sit in the world and in our community spaces, workspaces, family spaces, to suddenly hit a moment where some of those things have been really challenged. That, that's a lot for your mind to process. So there is a lot of emotion around and there is a lot that your brain will be saying, hey, you need to think about this. So actively trying to suppress that gets harder and harder the longer you're going on. And, and I think one of the things that we would we need to think about doing as we recognize that this is a longer term process is finding the, the time, the safe spaces and the appropriate ways to express and process some of that stuff mm. in a way that perhaps we wouldn't do in a short-term crisis. And, and, and that's been very hard for teachers, for senior leaders, because it has and continues to be quite relentless. Yeah. I the mean, other thing is just recognising this is, this is a unique season because we cannot change the circumstance. So much of our response to challenges about making things better, it's our instinct as a human. Um, but, but this really is, particularly now, as we're looking at ways out of the COVID pandemic through vaccines, things that most of us aren't directly involved with, it is basically a challenge of sustaining ourselves and the professional spaces that we're in, um, literally treading water, if you like. Our challenge is not to swim for shore, it is to keep treading water, stay afloat, keep our friends, our colleagues, the people who are depending on us, uh, so in our school systems, the, the pupils, the teachers, the staff, the teams, keep them afloat as well and, and wait for the tide to turn. Mm -hmm. And that means that some of the things that normally might feel like wasting time or inappropriate actually are, are massive wins in this pandemic. Mm -hmm. but, but that's quite an unusual headspace to be in. Yeah, that's, that, uh, that, that image is very helpful, actually, um, because... I don't, I, don't, I don't know if there's ever been a survey done on this, but I think the teaching profession is disproportionately um, filled with perfectionists <laughs> who want things to be like just so and to be completed and to be excellent. That might be because it's a sector that is subject to a lot of external scrutiny and judgment and mm -hmm. performance measurements and, and all of that. It might be because teachers generally spend most hours of their day teaching young people and trying to get the best out of them in every single lesson. And I, I wonder whether there's particular challenges um, for perfectionists in this time, where, whereby, and I'm not saying you, you're either perfectionist or not, we're all somewhere on that continuum, but if you, if you want things to be just amazing, want the best for your students and your colleagues and all, and, and all of that, I wonder if there is something 
actually very uh, disorienting about rarely being able to finish anything or rarely being able to see success or do, 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 do you know what I mean I, I don't know if that there's any I don't know if that's a, a, a helpful I don't know even what the question is what is the question what how can how can if you if you're used to um seeing success and momentum how do we handle just like mm, you might not see the results of this. And... And can I just say, as someone homeschooling currently, that I just if, <laughs> if if any of your teaching staff managed to achieve anything near perfection with any of their students, then I just don't know how you guys do it. Um, I, my, I'm so impressed with everyone. It, it drives me crazy that sort of thing. My son's a, my son's expectations and aims for his work are just quite different to what I'm aiming at, shall we say? Anyway, but perfectionism is such an interesting topic, isn't it? Because so I think I think there's a couple of things that I would mention is that what one is that it is a it is a personality variable. So some people definitely express it as in their personality more than others. And there are different ways that can come out. So as a psychologist, we would talk about different measures of where perfectionism is expressed. Um, perfectionism is something that's linked with great success, high achievers, people who pull off amazing things. But it it is also linked with increased risk of certain things because of the pressure that you put on yourself and and how that is expressed is very much intertwined with which of those two ways it can come out so i think perfectionists have got the potential for some amazing stuff but they do need to learn how to manage the shadow side of that um the interesting thing about perfectionism uh the, the two interesting things is one i think we live in a in a an era in a culture that is culturally perfectionistic so we are, we, and particularly children and young people growing up these days are, are taught and, um, and sort of practiced almost in every part of their life. They are told to be perfectionist and, and told that that's what they should be aiming at. Um, you see it even just on, you know, Bake Off or whatever you watch, you know, oh, yeah. people say like, oh, I'm such a perfectionist. And I'm like, really, you and everybody else in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. So there's that sort of cultural striving based perfectionism, which, again, and it can be a good thing, but but often people can struggle with. And, and, and it's in, been interesting in our response to this crisis, just how much we've fallen back on that as, as sort of in the media and on social media is almost the only thing we know. You know, people, the stories that have gone viral are the people doing amazing things with their lockdown. You know, the stories of people, it's like, yay, I managed to get out of my pyjamas today. Um, <laughs> you know, that they don't they don't go quite so viral. So that sort of striving based cultural perfectionism is is interesting as a narrative that we all um, have to journey with. I mean, the, the other interesting thing about perfectionism is when it becomes less helpful. Mm. And generally that is when you, you base something of your self-esteem or your identity on your ability to achieve or um, meet mm. perfectionistic ideals. And, and particularly some, some people with their perfectionism, they constantly raise the bar. So if they achieve something, they just, they just aim higher, which in, in its good sense is why they achieve so much. But, but if you're basing your sense of value on that, that that's quite that's quite difficult. It's quite anxiety provoking. And if something like this happens, as you say, where suddenly you can't achieve what you're used to achieving, that can be really difficult and and very stressful and quite distressing. And and the other ways that perfectionism can be difficult is if you're using it to control anxiety. And so one of the things that we can instinctively do with anxiety is use sort of checking or systems or practices routines 
things to try and make us feel more in control, less anxious. And particularly in a season like this where control has been literally snatched from us. And, and I think the more we slip into trying to do that, particularly in this in this pandemic season, the, the more we might hit problems because uh, actually one of the difficult realities that this has forced us to recognize is actually just how much that how much we're potentially not in control of for us for ourselves for our workspaces for the people we love yeah no that's really that's really really helpful and I, I you know one of the you know one of the great challenges of um school leadership is like you're as, as you say you're trying to keep yourself afloat your colleagues governor many many different stakeholders but ultimately i mean your your role is to you know to to release the flourishing of children i mean that's it also ultimately that is what education should be should be about and um you know for for all that we do need to think about the the flourishing of adults and that's that often that is given less attention than children in, in this time like the well-being of mm. people is a real a real and particularly ourselves. I mean, I think one of the interesting things about teachers in particular is, is how much it is part of a requirement to be good at your job, to be very, very good at controlling your own emotions. Right. Because, because you have, you know, I mean, and like I say, I'm homeschooling right now. So my perspective may be a little biased, a little blinkered to a negative direction. But, you know, you guys, teachers have to manage frustration so well. And if they are struggling in a moment or dealing with something, it is their job to be professional, to hold that, to focus on the needs of the children and young people around them rather than their own. And what that means is there is an increased risk for people whose professional personas mean that they develop that skill very well. That in tough times, in challenges, they will fall back on their ability to do that as a way to cope with powerful emotions. And, and that's not a bad thing to do in the short term, but it means you have to be very proactive about finding some spaces and, and, and appropriate ways to express and and enable yourself to process because your instinct might be just about suppress and, and that's a short-term strategy and, and again if you try and use that over the long term you, you'll hit problems either because you'll become increasingly exhausted or what you'll find is that eventually your capacity to do that will run out and those are the moments when either emotions start to bubble up and, and, and in times when it's just not helpful or when you're vulnerable or tired, you'll start to feel just overwhelmed with some of these feelings, with the panic, with the despair, with the exhaustion. Um, so you, you can hit those sorts of problems very, very easily um, or, or ultimately burnout, which is what it's a reality. What we talk about when your physical and emotional capacity to continue maintaining the pace that you've been living by literally just stops you have nothing left yeah. um and teaching is of course one of the professions that does struggle with a very high rate of burnout even in normal circumstances yeah absolutely we we've been really excited about um some 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 new resources that that are out to support um well-being schools um headstrong partnered with youth get amazing project from our Good friends at Youthscape. I know you've been key in bringing all of that together, and some great opportunities for schools to do some really practical stuff, engaging with the resources. I've um, had the privilege of 
watching a lot of the films and reading a lot of the stuff and and it is excellent i mean it's so practical so usable um so hats off to you all for what you've done but i wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about that and um how schools can potentially yeah. um get i mean headstrong is it's such an exciting project and we 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 it's something i've wanted to do for a long time working with young people in particular. I think our conversations around mental and emotional health can be so illness focused that it, that it is very much about what does it look like to be ill, Much lots of conversations about what you do when you are ill. But illness is something we all want to avoid for our young people. What we want is for them to thrive and, and to teach them good skills, to equip them and resource them and talk to them about how you manage some of these 21st century challenges like stress or anxiety or what do you do when you can't sleep or you've got an exam coming up and you're worried about it or whatever. So I've wanted, we at Mind and Soul Foundation, we've wanted for a long time to be able to to get involved with putting out a resource that helped young people in that way and talked about emotions in that way and 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 we began to work with youthscape pre-lockdown pre-pandemic to talk about that and and what then of course pandemic happened and what that did is it meant that very quickly that was able to become not just a reality but but it became a necessity for young people who were facing something really significant in terms of challenge and um, some unexpected pressures on their life or um, changes that they were having to deal with. So it is a space where we're talking about mental and emotional well-being but in that term in those terms of what does it mean to do real life really well so we talk about doing real life and real faith because it is a site that's that's based that has its foundation in in a faith-based understanding of the world and and the way that we were created although it's the most of the material we put out is it doesn't have that explicitly within it but that's the foundation that we all come from people who are inputting into the site yeah. Um, so we talk about real life, real faith, but lived in the real world. You know, real life is tough. There are challenges. Most of us have ups and downs and we hit things in life that we never expected to hit. So what do you do in those moments? And um, yeah, pandemic is an unusual example, but a very stark one of the way that life can sometimes go a little bit crazy. But that doesn't mean we all have to go under. So what does it mean to manage those times well, to be resilient, to tread water, to keep yourself going? How do you do that? And how do you grow your, your ability to do that really well? And that's what we're talking about. So yeah, we produce videos. There's all sorts of resources on there which can be shared with young people. Also just fun stuff. So we wanna teach them some good emotion regulation skills. You know, What do you do, Andy, after a really bad day? How do you cheer yourself up? How do you, you know, when life is a bit rubbish, let's face it, we're, we're currently on our third lockdown. You know, I, I've lived more through more exciting seasons, to be honest. It's quite boring. So, so how do you get yourself through those moments? We can teach our young people good skills. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and um, yeah, I mean, that, that, there's some really practical, there's some really practical stuff in there to help to help young people and um, super easy to use, super easy to distribute to your students and through your pastoral teams and all of that. I really recommend. I think you can just head to the youth youthscape all one word website and kind of kind of. You can do or just go straight to beat. 
theheadstrong.uk is the site. Now, it is designed, because it's designed for young people, it is designed to be viewed on a mobile phone. So if you look it up on a laptop, you're going to get like a thin strip in the middle of the screen. What that tells you is you are not our target audience. Right. <laughs> you're probably too old. But uh, we know most young people, they, they do use their phones to access. But you can look at it on a laptop or on your iPad or whatever you're looking on. But do get in touch with us if there's videos or resources on there. Um, if we can send you the sort of original videos and stuff, we can do that. And we're also on social media at beheadstrong uh, UK, so you can get hold of stuff there. And and one thing that we're really interested about in this season is how can we serve schools better? You know, I'm I'm a governor of a local secondary school, so we use the videos. We actually have a, a headstrong morning once a week where we talk mental well-being and stuff, and they use a lot of the resources from the site. So I'm saying to the the start the team the pastoral team there, but also to schools more generally. You know, what are the issues right now that you're struggling with? What should we be making a video on that you can play in your school? What do you need us to help your young people with? So so talk to us. We would love to hear from people and 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 to get stuff out there. We're able to respond quite quickly so that we can resource and work with schools, teachers youth organizations, anyone who's having contact with young people at what is a very disconnected time. Yeah, that's great. Well, that is a fantastic offer. So do you get in, do you get in touch with Kate and the team? Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, uh, I know that all the people listening to this will have learned a great, I mean, even if no one ever heard this, I personally have learned a lot in this, in this session <laughs> and this conversation and we continue to uh, cheer and applaud you in all that you're doing um, to, to make such a big impact across the country in this crucial um, area. So we um, hope that you, you have a more exciting lockdown as it moves forward and um, you find those rhythms too. But thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, And I would really encourage people listening to check out it's mindandsoulfoundation.org is right, our yeah. main website and there's so much information and material on there related to pandemic but also just wider around emotional mental well-being so do check that out as well amazing thanks until next time <laughs>